Hello and welcome to Shane's brilliant podcast with me, your host, Shane Clifford. Uh, it's great to be here in my bedroom, live from the ironing board. I am talking to you. It is just uh, half ten on the 31st of March. And whew, things are getting serious, boy. Things are getting serious. But we'll be fine. We'll be fine, won't we? Won't we, Daddy? <laughs> we'll be fine, Daddy, won't we? No, we will. Sure, what are we doing anyway? We're just sitting around. Hopefully that's what you're doing. You're sitting at home listening to me. And you're not going outside unless it's for essentials. And the essentials, of course, are food, water, medicine and beer. Because I know my audience and you're all big beer drinkers, aren't you? You love a you love a cool, frosty one with the lads. And you, some of you that are listening probably drink Heineken. Shame on you. Others probably drink Peroni. Shame on you too. Because you're like, ooh, I feel, you know what? I'm going to get a Peroni, please. Because I feel much more superior than than the Heineken drinkers. When in fact... Peroni is pretty much just watered down Heineken. It's the only thing that tastes better about it is the sense, is the taste of self-satisfaction. But listen, who am I to talk? Because I am a big Peroni drinker. And do you know why I drink it? Because it makes me feel <laughs> superior to people who drink Heineken. Because people who drink Heineken are reprobate. I, I, I'm losing my audience weekly firstly but i call them morons i say that uh, the drink that they drink is is uh is the worst swine swilling pig piss that there is on earth but listen who needs heineken drinkers anyway if you haven't listened before that first three minutes there where i spoke at length about heineken is pretty much what it's going to be like for the next 30 minutes my name is Shane Clifford. I'm a stand-up comedian from Ireland and I come on here every Thursday and just kind of talk about what's going on in my life and what's going on in the world in um, in a sort of free-flowing, rambling fashion. Uh, sometimes um, nothing happens in my life. Like this week, I mean, what are we doing? We're all just sitting around watching nothing. You know what I mean? We're just sitting around, saving the world by sitting uh, I suppose a lot of you have been watching that thing with the fuck. I see memes all over Twitter about it. Joe Exotic. What's it called? The King. The fucking Tiger King. I put it on. Because this is the big main thing now that people are talking about. And I put it on Twitter. Or I put it on fucking Netflix. And it just seemed a bit too wacky for me. It just seemed a bit too over the top. A bit too... C- cartoonish I mean I know they're real characters but they seemed a bit too OTT all the the mullets and the bright clothes and all that kind of you know the southern Americans and all that but so I switched it off after five minutes but people have been going on about it how it's amazing so I might give it another go just because there's nothing else to do usually I would resist that and I'd say fuck them I bet you it's shit and then I would be drinking my Peroni, being smug. Um, 
and I love that. I love when people are telling you to get into uh, get into a TV show. One of my favorite uh, things, one of the most biggest satis- sense of satisfaction I ever got was in that uh, TV show Dexter. That was one of like the, the first kind of one of those, ser- you know, those proper TV shows that are like works of art kind of thing. Uh, golden age of tv or whatever it was called and people were telling me oh you have to watch dexter man it's amazing it's fucking brilliant it's so good it's one of the, it's the best tv show ever and i kept going nah not bothered nah nah and then i heard that the last series of it was complete and utter dog shit and i was fucking so happy i was so happy that the People wasted their life, <laughs> invested. Uh, how many hours in is six seasons? Six by twelve is what? I'm bad at math. Seventy two. So seventy two hours at least of their life. That's three full days of their life on this, and it was a letdown, tragic letdown. And the only one that was happy with it was me. But then I got fucking caught up in Game of Thrones. Why? Because I was listening to fuckers telling me how amazing it was. And it's a work of art. And it's like a novel. All this bullshit. And what did I do? I went on. And watched it all. Got hooked. And then the last series. Was you know. I, I, I don't even have to go into it. It was terrible. Terrible. And I was so angry that I had not that the show was terrible that wasn't what I was so angry about what I was really angry about was that I let myself fall into the trap of watching something just because people were telling me to I would have loved to have been the guy at the end of Game of Thrones like your friend who is going fucking told you it was shit laughing at them for getting so into it that happened to me with Dexter I was so happy and lost that was another thing I I gave up after season 3 my friends stayed on watching it saying no it's good it's good and I was like no it's shit and then the last episode when they're all I don't know they're all in heaven um, people were so disappointed except for me I was laughing I was laughing that's why I take joy in so that's why I'm kind of a bit suspicious of watching this Tiger King thing because usually what people say is good I don't like and not just because that not just because <laughs> I'm not doing it just to be contrarian I I just generally don't like things that loads of people like that's just the way I am so before I go on uh, have I said my Twitter and stuff yet if I haven't I'll edit it out my Twitter you can find me on Twitter at brilliant Shane and an Instagram at Brilliant Shane. There's a Patreon if you want to get involved. Patreon forward slash Shane's Brilliant Podcast. And just read out some of my upcoming uh, shows and dates. And they are absolutely none. Zero. No shows. No dates for the foreseeable future. So looking forward to those. What else has been going on? Have you been watching Disney Plus? Watching Star Wars like... Ugh. Star Wars. I'm not even going to get into Star Wars. No, Star Wars can be its own podcast, a four-hour special. Me ranting about <laughs> about how bad Star Wars is. But uh, 
Disney Plus, man. You know, my girlfriend was Kira. She she's working in retail, and it's tough, man, because you know she's afraid of getting sick, and it's so busy and it's long hours, and so she was feeling a bit down. And Disney Plus was just released that day. Now, first of all, isn't it a bit of a fucking coincidence that Disney Plus was released two weeks, week two? Of a global pandemic when we all have to stay inside doors for 24 hours a day, seven days a week for God knows how long. And they release, that's when they, they know then, that's when they had planned to release their streaming thing. Listen, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But if I was, that would keep me up nights. Drawing a line between Mickey Mouse and fucking Wuhan wet market be on uh, what's his name Alex Jones I'm the new Alex Jones the Irish Alex Jones check out Disney's connection to uh, Chinese wet markets in Wuhan okay somebody look that up for me and see if there's any connection because I'm not bothered but I anyway Kira was a bit down and so I said you know what she loves Disney Uh, I said listen Guess what? Look what I just installed as a little surprise for you. Because she didn't even know, really know it existed. She was like, well, I was like, it's fucking Disney. Every fucking Disney film you could want is on it. And she was so happy. And I was happy that she was happy. But then, after that, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't really that happy. Because I had to sit through Cheaper by the Dozen. And Cheaper by the Dozen 2. Which is somehow worse if you can imagine something being worse than Cheaper by the Dozen 1, the only thing that's there is Cheaper by the Dozen 2. I got angry at Steve Martin for letting him his career get to the stage where he's in these things. I actually got, you know, I was like, fucking Steve Martin, you... How, how could you betray yourself? I actually went to see Steve Martin in the Three Arena in Dublin in, um, on March the 11th. So that was March the 12th was the day that they announced all the like schools are closing and no gangs of people over 100. So that was when they really started closing everything. And um, Steve Martin and Martin Short was on the day before. So I was lucky I got to see him. And it was such an amazing show. It was fucking brilliant. Like they're in their 70s. And they were... It was actually... And... I'm not ashamed to admit it. I got very emotional. Actually, just saying that now, I realised that I was ashamed to admit it. <laughs> I was ashamed to admit that. I, The second I said it, a profound sense of, <laughs> of shame just flowed through my body. But I did get a little bit emotional watching them because they're still in their, they're in their 70s. I think Steve Martin is like 75 and Martin Short is just turning 70. And they're still fucking doing a proper show. It wasn't like a show where you they were going through the motions, you know. It wasn't like Steve Martin came out and started doing all these jokes from the 70s with the arrow through his head and blowing balloon animals and saying I'm a wild and crazy guy. No, it wasn't just a guy or two guys just banging out the fucking catchphrases like I will be doing when I'm... When I'm 70, I'll be up there going, hobnob. Ah, class. Ah, class. 
Hobnob, live from the ironing board. Cheers, nice one, thanks. And everyone would be just happy to see me. But, because I would, I mean, if you saw Steve Martin, you'd just be happy to see him. And Martin Short, I like Martin Short too. But they put on a proper show, really great jokes, great bits. And just to see them at, after 50 years still doing that, it made me want, you know, will I, if I can, whatever I'm doing, it mightn't even be fucking comedy, mightn't even be any comedy left in 50 years. But if I'm st- even, you know, half as invested in whatever I'm doing at that age as they are, you know, I'd be, I'd be very happy and you know it gave me an even more sense of appreciation for steve martin because i'm a huge steve martin friend but then i watched cheaper by the dozen and cheaper by the dozen too and i was like fuck you steve martin <laughs> i was like fuck you steve martin i threw away my copy of his autobiography born standing up threw it out no, I'm only joking. Steve Martin's one of those guys that could do anything and I would still think he was great. You know, he's built up such uh, such a goodwill with me that he can do anything. It's like the way some people are about Michael Jackson. <laughs> I mean, Michael Jackson can do anything and his fans will love him. I mean, even the general public are kind of still, they're like, oh, can we start listening to, I know the documentary was last, last year. But I think it's okay to start listening to Michael Jackson again. Because sometimes when you're in the town, you can hear it on the radio. Or you can hear buskers singing, you know, Beat It or whatever. Which is crazy. Like if Steve Martin was involved in any way with, <laughs> with any children, I would fucking, I tell you, I would be dumping the jerk and the man with two brains. They would be out the door. And another, I got uh, another thing that made me emotional this week was seeing was hearing a new song by Bob Dylan. He released a new song, seventeen minutes long song about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And you know, thank you, Bob, for che- <laughs> for cheering us all up there. Thank you for uh, picking up the mood. You know, we're all feeling a little bit down. Can't touch anybody. Can't see our relatives. People are dying. But Bob says, you know what? I'll you know what I'll do. I'll release my new song. It's a 17-minute ballad about the theme of John F. Kennedy. And, uh, you know, thanks, Bob, for that. <laughs> but no, it was, it's actually really a really good song. Really nice. And I, I had it on yesterday, and uh, I wasn't really listening to it. You know, it was just on in the background. But then all of a sudden, it was just... His voice reached out to me, and uh, it just hit me. Like, it just dragged me in. And I nearly got a tear in my eye. But that's probably because of this fucking whole situation. You know, it's so surreal. Sometimes you forget about it. And then other times you're like, oh shit, what the fuck is going on? Why is everyone walking around in masks? Can't even talk to, can't even, you know, touch people. Because that's such a human thing to want to touch people. Just ask uh, Michael Jackson. No, come on Shane, you can do better than that. Like, are, is the world going to be different when this is all over? Like, in, I don't know how many months. Are, is shaking hands ever going to come back? I hope it doesn't. I hate shaking hands. Hate it. Like, I'm a weak handshake guy. I, 
you know, my hand just kind of slides into the other hand. It's all greasy and, <laughs> you know, just kind of hangs there like a fish, like a wet fish or whatever. Um, so I, I, and handshakes to me are just uh, full of just dread. I hate it. So now, hand, like handshakes, we know spread illness. I mean, when this is all over, if there's a flu going around, you're going to shake people's hands. You know, the best way to get to stop it is not shaking hands. But some, but maybe men need handshakes. Because it's really a man thing, you know. We, like women just don't need to shake hands. They hug. But men shake hands because we're too fucking macho or whatever to hug. So we shake hands. And, you know, when it, when that's going to be like a faux pas, I, I predict. So what's going to happen? Your father then is going to say, hey, um, I'm going to take in the terrier for a walk back to canal. And when he's going back to canal, do you know what he's going to do? He's going to dip off into some fucking laneway where all the other dads are going to be with their terriers. When no one's around, they're all going to start shaking hands. <laughs> Ah, dogging. There's dogging is so. Like I've never dogged in my life. Never. I don't know where they meet. It's not my scene. But uh, I did. There used to be like a swingers website, which I pre- think is like dogging, on in on the internet, obviously. But me and my friends used to kind of look it up because you could search Tralee where I'm from and you'd see fellas on it who you'd know from around town and it was never like the well-adjusted guys (laughs) you know what I mean it was never like the fellas who were doing well in life and it, it was funny because you'd see fellas that you know from around town and there was one guy who would put in like his name not his name his first name and his picture and his height, you know, six foot, and his, you know, weight, slim, his eyes, blue, and then penis size. <laughs> and he put in medium. So every time I see him, I think of his medium penis around the town. Which uh, brings me great joy. But I suppose, I mean, what are you going to do if you're on a website like that? You can't put in that you have a small penis. Who's going to get in touch if you have a small penis? No one. You can't put in that you have a big one if you don't because, um, you know, there's going to be disappointment. So go for the medium. So if you're thinking of going on a swinger site, that's my my um, that's my advice. Just... Put your penis sized medium. Okay. No matter what size it is. Unless it's a big giant anaconda. Then you know. Go large. Um, But yeah. You should do that. You should look up. Your. Swinging site. And type in your. Wherever you're from. I'm sure if it was. If it. The the further you go into like the Midlands. (laughs) The more interesting it gets. I don't know why. It just makes me. That's just what I think. Uh, What else did I do this week well the big news the worldwide news and actually it's going to be in hot press magazine probably just the online version this week i did a small interview about i mean can you believe that i did a small interview about me shaving my head 
That's what passes for news these days, I'm afraid. Shave my head. And I'll tell you why. Since I was in my mid-twenties, I had huge anxiety about going bald, right? Uh, I don't, like, obviously, I never went, I haven't gone bald yet. But my hair has receded a bit. I'm in my my mid-thirties. And... But when I was in my 20s, I was like convinced that's it. It's going to be another six months, another year. And that's it. I'm going to be completely bald. What am I going to do? And I used to be freaking out about it. This was well before I was <laughs> I was medicated, right? Uh, non-medicated. And I used to be, I mean, constantly just whirlwind going, washing machine going around in my head going, oh, you're going bald, you're going bald, you're going bald. Look at his hair. He's hairs. Look how old is he now? And he's going bald, blah, 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 right? Over and over again. Uh, so I was and I made a video actually about that about going you know fear of going bald it's, you can see it on my channel Shane's Brilliant channel which is actually based on a real life thing that kind of happened to me I used to be constantly wrecking Kira's head saying I, I'm going bald am I she going no I was like I am I, I know I am you're not and this has gone on for maybe two years like every day Look at my hair. Look, look at the look. It's definitely going back. It's going back. She's like, it's fucking not. You stop. This is every day. Oh my god! Look, I'm losing hair. Look at the hair that came out in the shower. Blah blah blah. And she, I mean, I ground the poor lady, the poor woman, the poor girl down. Till finally she cracked when I said I was like, Kira. I mean, you can just tell me. Just tell me. It's fine. I know it's gone back. Like anyone can see it. Anyone can see that my hair has receded a bit. So just fucking, you don't have to deny it from my feelings. It's just a fact. It's fine. Like, you know. And then she went, all right, all right. Okay, it has gone back a little bit. And I went, what did you say? <laughs> I went, what did you just fucking say? Oh my God. <laughs> oh, my hair up going ball. How could, you, how could you say such a thing to me? And I was like, threw myself down on top of the bed. My legs kicking like a toddler. Um, So I was all, that was always going on in my head. But then I, I kind of got a bit older. I don't really care about it too much anymore. But still, you'd still think about it. So I always thought, all right, I'm going, if I find that it's going really bad, like if I'm losing a lot of hair, I'm going to just, I'm just going to shave it. Just going to shave it. It's just going to be gone. Out the gap. But I mean. Then you don't know what you're going to look like. So I used this quarantine. Because you know. Can't leave the house. And I have no shows. There's no hairdressers anyway. And actually. This is a fucking something that happened. A few months ago. I went to the. Or not. Yeah maybe two months ago. A month and a half ago. Let's say. Went to the hairdresser. And. See I hate going to the fucking barber. Because I hate talking to them. It's just so for I feel bad for the barber because they have to talk about the same five things. The weather, holidays, what you're doing the weekend, what you see on TV and the match that was on Champions League match. Right. That's all they have to talk about. And it's the same. So I just feel like just fucking cut my hair. Let's get out. And it just gives uh, I, I hate I hate it. So usually it takes me maybe eight weeks between haircuts. I have to go. I leave it go until it's fucking, you know, it's fucking you know the point of no return if I don't go now I'm going to be 
kicked out of my house. So I go there and I had longish, you know, unkempt hair. And I went in and I said, can I get a one around the back and side, please? And a small bit off the top. And she was looking at me like, a one? Really? And she was laughing. She goes, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I get it all the time. You know, that's what I always get. I always get a one around. She was like, what? So she shaved my head, blah, 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 blah end of the haircut. And then she goes, <laughs> I suppose I'll see you again in, uh, I suppose I'll see you again after Easter. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, look who's fucking, look, look at now. You jinxed it. Now I'm not going to see you till next fucking Easter. So don't make fun of me, <laughs> my fucking hair. Um. Anyway, I got lost. Oh, so yeah, so I got care to shave my head. And all I had was a beard trimmer. And uh, so she did it. And we had a great laugh doing it. We were like, she shaved the sides, you know, and it looked funny because I had the mop on the top. And we were like, ah, oh, this is great fun. Because we're so bored in the quarantine looking in these four walls in this tiny flat. This is a laugh. We were both laughing until she shaved it all off. And I looked in the mirror and I was filled with just deep, instant regret. Do you know, it's like when you watch a porn video and it's one that's maybe a little bit more in the offbeat. It's in the offbeat category of the of the porn. You know what I mean? There's stuff being drank out of glasses and you you uh, get carried away. And then the instant afterwards, when everything is ready, you are filled with that deep pain regret shame about what you've just <laughs> done that's what i almost the exact sensation i got from when i looked in the mirror after shaving my head i was like what the fuck did i do that for that's disgusting it's horrible so i can't wait for my hair to grow back and anyway listen this is for you the uh podcast listeners it'll be all in hot hot press magazine this weekend i think before i move on i promised i would give a shout out let me get my phone a shout out to a loyal listener's mother and oh i should be more prepared than this so this lady by the name of Julia, who is a doctor. So big, keep at, keep going, doing what you're doing, Julia, saving the world. She said, Shane, will you do a shout out on your podcast to my 72 year old mother, Siobhan, please? She's cocooning. Well, of course I will. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Siobhan, the 72 year old listener to this show. Uh, I hope you didn't listen to the to the rest of it i hope that julia just plays you this because i don't know if you would like it but maybe you would maybe you you like a man rambling incoherently into your ear once a week but anyway i'd just like to sincerely give you a shout out stay cocooned stay safe this is to all uh, people who are cocooning stay safe stay indoors This will be all over soon.
you're in that cocoon now and when you come out you're going to be a beautiful butterfly so with that in mind uh, stay safe and keep listening maybe a 72 year old lady does listen to this podcast stranger things have happened I got an email there uh, from the thing that hosts the podcast and it said that I got to 135 I got to 135 in the Vietnamese podcast charts <laughs> no, sorry not the actual podcast charts the comedy podcast charts I'm not I'm not I'm not good I'm not there in the actual charts yet but in the comedy podcast charts in Vietnam got to a number 135 so you never know who's listening you know what I mean I've got four dedicated fans in Vietnam and um, if you'd like to get in touch with me my Vietnamese friends type uh, an email out to Shane's brilliant email at gmail.com and uh, oh yeah so I have a couple of emails here that I've got to get to uh, and I, I just want to say thanks to everybody that sends me um, messages and emails and things of that nature I, like I can't really get around to all of them but uh, they're really appreciated so this first one is from uh, Orly. She goes, hi, brilliant Shane. We're enjoying listening to your brilliant podcast. Just wondering if you share your favorite HIIT exercise routine during the lockdown. Also wondering if your lifting regime is seriously impacted upon. I only ask because I don't know what HIIT stands for. And the only thing I'm lifting is you lifting my spirits with your funny perspective. Oh, you know... <laughs> I only read the first two lines before I decided to read it out in the podcast. If I'd known that you were going to say that I lift your spirits with your funny perspective, I probably wouldn't have read it out because it makes me sound like that I'm blowing my own penis. But um, thank you for that. And now the fact that you kind of sent a jokey email means that you're kind of saying, thinking in your head that there's no way I'd actually have a lifting regime. Well, you couldn't be more wrong. I'm not going to even talk about it, but <laughs> I lift. Big lifter. One of the original lifters. I've been lifting since I was uh, old enough to lift. Okay, and this next email, and thanks for your email, Orly. Next email is from Kieran Crow. Hi, Shane. Long time listener. First time emailer. That's what I'd like to hear. Since quarantine has begun, I have begun. Uh, two begins there in quick succession, Kieran. I'd work on that. <laughs> Sorry, I'll move on. Since quarantine has begun, I have begun uploading, in quotes, funny videos to Instagram once a day. Some are funnier than others. Brackets. Hit and miss is the best I can hope for. Most of my... Oh, close brackets. Most of my close to 700 followers seem to find them funny. They get the sort of silly, slightly absurd thing I'm going for. However, some of my followers don't fully understand my sense of humor and are now beginning to think I'm a bit weird. Some are even worried about me. And then he says one of them called him today under the guise of catching up. However, he was really feeling that they were calling me to see if I was okay, mentally speaking. Do you have any advice for this considering I've watched many of your videos and judging from their content, I'm pretty sure you must have experienced similar feedback from friends, colleagues and relations. My Instagram tag is at gringo.star underscore. Well... There's a couple of things here. First thing, you said some of your videos are funnier than others. Brackets. You said hit and miss 
it's the best I can hope for. Well, here's a big f- fucking truth about comedy, especially sketch comedy or video comedy or whatever. They're all hit or miss. Hit and miss. Hit or miss, hit and miss. They're all hit and miss. Think back to the great sketch comedy shows of your of the past. The goons. <laughs> you all remember the goons, don't you? <laughs> You're all 72-year-old ladies. All right? The goons. Monty Python, the granddaddy of modern comedy. Monty Python, if you sit down and watch the three, I think it's three series of Monty Python, you you would re- quickly realise that 92.5% of the sketches are complete shit, terrible, unwatchable, some of them. Horrible, overlong, don't get to the point, unfunny, dated especially. But it's the one or two sketches every episode or even every two episodes like the parrot one or you know fucking the four york i don't think that's the monty python one actually can't even think of any at the moment the parrot sketch come on name one more monty python sketch um the parrot sketch and the cheese shop sketch which are basically two of the same sketches but they had maybe five or six classic all-time great sketches. Every sketch show is hit and miss. And that is the granddaddy of sketch shows. That's the numero uno. That's the big kahuna. You know what I mean? You're just a fucker putting them up on Instagram. If John Cleese, Eric Idle, Terry Jones, Terry Gilliam and uh, Michael Palin and Graham Chapman. If six of them can't get a 100% hit rate. What hope have you? Okay, and it's the same with most stuff. I mean, probably if you went, I used to love the Fast Show when I was younger, when I was a child, and I bet you it's probably a lot of it is shit. If I went back and watched it now, so don't worry about that. That's just going to happen. You said hit and miss is the best I can hope for. Well, yeah, it is. You can't. You might be able to get to a point where you have more hits than misses, but it's you're never going to be non miss. Okay, and you said most of my followers seem to find them funny. And they get it. However, some of them don't fully understand my sense of humor. And now beginning to think I'm a bit weird. But you are weird. You're putting up fucking videos of yourself on uh, Instagram. That's w- that's weird. Fucking weird, man. <laughs> but everything that... Uh, and look at all the great... Your great heroes of comedy. Spike Milligan. <laughs> and uh, Peter Sellers. They were fucking weird. You know, all the great, all, I know comedians just from obviously doing stand-up. And the best ones are the weirdest ones. The ones who have, you know, something wrong with them mentally are the best. The ones who have a deep, (laughs) I'm thinking of certain of the comedians that I hang around with closely. I'm thinking of one or two of them now. And they have, they're deeply dysfunctional. So... Don't, of course they're going to be weird. If you're not weird, then what are you doing? Even like good mainstream comedy is made by weirdos. Like um, my favorite show of all time, which was the biggest hit of all time, which is Seinfeld. 
fucking made by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld two weirdos two guys with just big huge chips on their shoulders and anger and you know of course you're weird being weird is what makes things good and different so embrace that weirdness you know what I mean and some of course people are going to be worried about you uh, like I have had people asking other people was I okay I know a woman I used to work with who when she found out that I was doing those videos was basically saying oh, I wish that I could get the old Shane back <laughs> you know but my number one thing if you're making um, content which is a word I hate but if you're making stuff like uh, online sketches and stuff and this is for me a failed <laughs> a failed sketch uh, comedian is do not make things unless you want to make them for yourself now it's different if you're doing it for pay or whatever but if you're just doing it on Instagram every day if you're just doing it on for kind of the laugh or just because you want to make it make it for yourself don't don't get if you get something that kind of does well okay don't then think oh if they like that maybe they'll if i do this they'll like they'll like that as well do you know what i mean don't try and guess what the audience likes and like i've done that loads of times and those things are never the ones that do well because they don't you don't have your um, passion for want of a better word behind them you know what i mean does that make sense i was listening to some uh guy who used to be on Saturday Night Live, my favourite comedian, Norm MacDonald, and he was on about how when they were in Saturday Night Live in the 90s, there was the guys who wrote good comedy, and then there was the guys who wrote like hacky, hackneyed, you know, fucking bad comedy, but the bad comedy would always do really well. The audience would love it because it was just easy, okay? And the weirder stuff rarely got on. So the guys who were writing the weirder stuff said you know what we're just gonna fucking write hacky stuff and see you know how well it does because if they can do it we're just gonna fucking do it so they all decided to look we're gonna write some hacky sketches but they couldn't do it they couldn't do it they couldn't do it properly because the guys who are writing the hacky stuff are have passion behind it you know what i mean so i don't know what my point is there i kind of got lost track but I think it is, don't try and, yeah, that's what it was. Don't try and write stuff for an audience. Write it for you first. Uh, make sure that uh, you like it. Um, okay, so, all right, so that's f pretty much all the emails. And I got other messages and stuff, like I said, so thank you very much. Uh, something else I just want to talk about before I go. Um, a couple of weeks ago I was talking about Ellen DeGeneres being a psychopath I think I said <laughs> or a narcissist because every time she brings people onto her show to give them free money that's not hers she basically they have to fucking be throwing themselves down in front of her like she's the Christ you know what I mean like she's the oh I love you Ellen you're so great you're so amazing blah 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 well there was this thing released not so long ago, a couple of weeks ago, no, a week ago. Uh, this guy on Twitter, 
Um, his name was Kevin T. Porter. And uh, he said he would donate $2 to a food bank in Los Angeles for every insane story his followers repeated about Ellen, whom he branded notoriously one of the meanest people alive. He said on Twitter, Ellen is, everyone in LA, it's an open secret that she's one of the meanest people alive. So for every mean story I get, I'll put two euro into, or two dollars into a fucking food bank. So then people, like a cavalcade of terrible stories about Ellen, about how she doesn't allow interns to look at her in the eye. How if an intern walks into a room that she's in to, to tell her something, She'll just stop what she was doing, stand there and stare at the floor <laughs> until they walk out. She's apparently very mean, well, according to this, apparently very mean to wait staff, never tips. Tries to get them fired if they don't bring out the proper soup. One girl had chipped fingernails. Told her, went in, told the manager. Uh, you can look it up for yourself, just Google Ellen Mean. But the one that really made me happy was that a woman said that she sent an email in 2013 to the Ellen show praising Ellen for her work with an animal shelter or something like that and the producer said okay so if you if you met Ellen would you be uh would you be excited and she was kind of like um yeah I suppose you know yeah so who, who wouldn't yeah but would you really be excited would you scream her name would you bow down in front of her would you tell her you loved her and she was like no that's that's not really my my style you know no i don't think i'd do that so they basically hung up on her so you can't get the fucking money that she gives you unless you're willing to tell her how much you love her isn't that sick and I was happy that I saw that because I, I, I predicted or I knew I can see people. I can sense people. <laughs> okay, no one's listening to this now. I just wanted to fill you in there with that about how I'm right. Okay, so that's the end of that. Um, <laughs> uh, hopefully something will happen this week, something good. And hopefully, look, this time is stressful. And I get hit every so often with uh, like an egg, like uh, the how surreal it is just hits me and how it's actually happening. You know, like you go through the day for the last few weeks and it's become a bit normal. But then every once in a while you'll hear Bob Dylan singing behind you and it'll just hit you about the situation we're in, about how strange and like it from an apocalyptic film. Like that's what it feels like. It feels like I'm in a movie sometimes. And I'm not the only one. It's the entire fucking world that's going through this. Everyone in the world. Is experiencing this in some way or another. Especially let's say everyone in Ireland. We're all indoors. We're all missing our friends and our family. We're all missing our loved ones. But I think that if we can keep our spirits up, even though there's going to be tough times, I think that we're definitely going to get through it. And I think Ireland will get through it better than some other countries are going to. I think 
might get bad over the next couple of weeks before Easter. But I think at the end of it, we're going to come out relatively, you know, better off. And I think that if we keep doing what we're doing, that that's going to happen. Um, so if you're listening to this and you get a bit overwhelmed sometimes about how fucking crazy this is, just, I suppose, know that there are other people as me, for instance, who, you know, finds it tough sometimes. So if there's me and if there's you, then we can safely assume there are a lot more people who feel the same way. So I suppose to the people of Ireland, I sound sound like I'm the president. To the people of Ireland, just keep doing what you're doing. And if you're listening in Vietnam, well then, um, may God have mercy on your souls. I uh, would like to say thank you for listening. And... uh, I'll talk to you next week. Hobnob. Cheers. Nice one. Thanks.